0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham, he's coming thick and fast now with the games coming thick and fast and the fact that we're actually winning, so I want to talk about Tottenham <laughs> like quite positively. Uh, so yesterday we booked our place in the Champions League knockouts last 16 with a win over Olympiacos, uh, but that only tells half the story with an absolutely rollercoaster of a match, 2-0 down, uh, an early sub from Mourinho, something that Pochettino would never do I don't think, Well, he certainly didn't do from what I can remember. Uh, which helped change the game and send us through. Uh, So my thoughts on that and how I think the Bournemouth game will go at the weekend. So let's talk Tottenham. So I I said it's a rollercoaster of a match. Uh, The first half was one of the worst that I've seen. Uh, Maybe that's a bit harsher. The, The Brighton game was absolutely dreadful. Uh, all game, But certainly that first half, defensively, we were all over the place. Uh, Olympiacos, I think we must have thought that, or Mourinho certainly, must have thought that Olympiacos wouldn't want to be too open, so would come and just play on the counter-attack. But they, they took it to us early doors, and um, we just couldn't cope. Um, we had two holding midfielders, so maybe that invited pressure a little bit, and we didn't have that much link from the midfield to the front four that were so effective against West Ham. Uh, but the the quick change from Mourinho, Eric Dyer coming off, which shame for him because he didn't really do much wrong. I think it was more of a shape issue and and tactical issue rather than a performance issue. I mean, he he said that pretty much in his post match conference, pretty much that. Um. So he was the unlucky one, but he also said he could have moved him into defense, taken one of the defenders off, or it could have been Winks. Uh. And Evicson, the almost forgotten man who some of our fans have decided to call just number 23. you know, He still plays for us and he he's he set up at least one yesterday. I thought he actually played quite well and, and certainly that second half looked a bit more like his old self. Like he wanted to be there, a bit galvanised maybe by Mourinho turning up. Or realises if he wants to go to one of these top teams he's going to have to put a shift in to show what he can do. Uh, I'm not sure but he, he played quite well I thought and was quite creative and always wanted the ball didn't shy away he even made a tackle at one point in the second half which he hasn't done for at least a few months um, but anyway a quick sub I'm, I'm not sure I can't remember Pochettino ever making a sub that quickly um, Mourinho's done it before and you know no fannying about with him really like you know not working let's make the change Uh it's brave move. He's done it before. Um, Eric Dyer didn't call, uh, have any fuss coming off. It was Just one of those things. So I expect him to play against Bournemouth. Although we might not need two defensive midfielders being at home because Bournemouth are likely to sit back a lot more than Olympiakos have done um, and West Ham have done. Um, so we might not need. We might have just Dyer, maybe not Winks or, or you know Sissoko. But I, I I would think we'd only have one holding midfielder. Um, but yeah certainly that goal of the first half was awful the defensive the second was it the first goal or the second goal I think it was the first one but anyway long ball and Danny Rose just puts it right at the bloke's feet where he can dribble past whoever it was and then shoot with no pressure on the ball Gazaniga didn't really cover himself in glory either like I said last week or last podcast I think he's a bit slow to get down to low shots not sure how you resolve that but I mean, he got to the ball. He just had his arm and hand over the ball, so pretty poor from him. But like, he shouldn't have ever got to that stage anyway. Rose should have just kicked it out for throw or corner, or just booted it, and then people should have closed the guy down. But it was a good finish. Uh, the set, yeah, it was the first goal because the second one came from a corner, which was just horrendous, really. Like it happened before with with a corner where on the other side, uh, where the guy was in the middle. Made a run to the near post, no one picked him up, and the person near post, that time Rose, I can only imagine Orvia for the second goal, uh, didn't notice it, no one got a shout, and he just ghosts round, which is pretty poor defending. Uh, so we got a warning on the right side where Rose managed to clear it and then we got rid of it. Second one, two issues there for me, like he's been able to run to the near post and cause the flick on, uh, and the guy who scored it, Semedo, I think it was. Has literally run 10 yards and no one's moved Deli Ali literally stood there literally stood there uh, he's obviously not looking at the guy but someone's got to be looking at the guy because he's running through 10 metres um, it's pretty poor absolutely awful Gazaniga had no chance with that That's, you can argue that he should have come out and punched it but I'm, I'm not sure there are too many bodies in there for him to do that um so we've got to sort this defence out, silly little errors like that and and you know get control of the game, get the ball, pass the ball, calm everything down. You know, if the other team are getting on top, get the ball, pass it, slow the game down. Don't let them get up ahead of steam, which is what exactly what happened um and they go 2-0 up. Uh, they could have scored more. They were all like Pedente, I think his name is, on the right side, he was causing us problems all all game. That he was on and he did in Olympiacos as well. Against better opposition, they will punish us there. But I've also said on this podcast before, I said it after the buying game, that the groups aren't that important in the Champions League because it's not about that. You, you get through, that's all you do in the groups. You, ma- you make sure you get through. Knockouts is where it really comes alive and that's where you turn up. Yeah, That's where you turn up, be serious, get the wins. Get, get through, groups are just about getting through and we we did that last year, scraped through last year uh, we had a bit of an indifferent start this year uh, an absolute hammering from Bayern uh, but we've managed to get through with a game to spare so I still think we can win the Champions League we've got the same players that got through to a final last year who were behind at City in the and behind in Ajax managed to scrape through now we've got a manager who knows how to win that Champions League So, and those players will have learned a hell of a lot from that. Regardless of how we've been this season, they would have learned a hell of a lot from that. So, you need a bit of luck. You know, if we draw the top, top teams in in every round, then it's very unlikely that we're going to win it. But if we can get a run that's, you know, like we did last year, then I don't see any reason why we can't get to the final and this time win it. But it's a long, long way to go, so I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. Uh, but as bad as we were in that first half, the change didn't really make that much change in that first half. What made the change was the massive stroke of luck that we got in the goal just before half-time. An absolute killer of a time to score uh, if you're 2-0 up to concede. Uh, but they played so well defensively, Olympiakos all first half. And then just a simple cross that comes through and a complete air shot that you wouldn't even get in like Sunday league and very uncharacteristic for the, the what happened in the rest of the half. And then Ali is right place, right time. Well, Stevie Wonder wouldn't have missed that one. Um, and that changed the complexion of the game. So half-time, you know, they go in instead of going, yep, 2-0 up, do everything you're doing. They're presumably talking like, you know, just keep it tight for the first 20 minutes. You know, don't do anything silly, don't rush too far forward. And then us, Mourinho, instead of, what the fuck was that? Pull your fingers out. It's right, like, we've got this now. We're on the ascendancy. So go at them, go at them quickly. And you'll get chances. And we went at them quickly. And we got the chances. Uh we started off a much, much quicker tempo. Uh I think that's the Eriksen factor there. Like, you know. He he's a player that certainly, if you give him space, can dictate the pace of a game. Uh He's done that so many times. I remember the games against Bournemouth. I think the season they got promoted, they gave him far too much respect, and he absolutely killed them, like dictating the pace of the game. And that was, he was almost back to that uh, yesterday. Uh, they gave him space because they sat back, um, and he was able to, you know, pick out passes like that. That cross field ball that he plays when he gets it just from the defence, and he pings it either to Rose or Aurier, or Sun, if he's running forward. No one in our team can do. Uh, when Son making those runs. If you've got someone like Eriksen playing. He's going to make those runs. Because he knows that a long run like that will be seen. And the ability is there to pit, put it on his foot. If you haven't got Eriksen playing. And you've got uh, Dyer and Winks let's say. In the middle of the midfield. They can't play that ball. And it's not just the long ball. The long 50 yard ball. It's the drilled 50 yard ball. Low and low and hard. Uh, Winks plays a long 50-yard ball, but it's up in the air, lofted. Uh, it's up in the air for a hell of a long time, much longer than the Ericsson ball. And it's so easy to, for defenders to defend that because they have time to see where the flight's going and head it out. But the, the Ericsson ball that Skulls used to play, Pirlo used to play, Gerrard in, later in his career used to play, Beckham used to play. It's so quick and, and, and like an arrow almost. Aldeville does it for us as well. So, that's the kind of ball that I mean. Um, But he's too deep in defence to be able to play that on a regular basis. So, it definitely helped with Eriksen playing there. And and certainly with uh, the the way the game was uh, played out in that second half where they sat back, uh, they kind of broke on counter-attacks. Because they still had something to go for in that game. You know, if they'd have got a draw or win, if they'd have got a win... uh, and we get beaten by-bye and they beat Red Star. They're above us because it's a head-to-head. Uh, when we took the lead or were drawing, they get a draw. They've got a good chance of getting in the Europa, Europa League. Um, so they, it wasn't the kind of game that we get in the Premier League where they just sit back and then just aren't interested in attacking other than the two people on the counter-attack. So there were gaps there. So that was why Ericsson was effective yesterday. Uh but I've said before that his his issue is when teams mark him, he doesn't get the space himself, can't get the space, and he's crowded out, and then he's completely ineffective. So in, the, in that way, he's not good enough for like the Madrid's Barcelona's, but then he'll have all these players in midfield with him who everyone wants to stop, and you can't mark all four of them. So he might get the space there, but yesterday I thought he played well. Another player who I think played well and has been playing well under Mourinho, who's been under fire a little bit recently, certainly with the fans, is Aurier. Now everyone knows about him. Like going forward, he's fantastic as he showed yesterday. That goal, like he could be playing until he's a hundred, and he'll never hit a goal as sweet as that. I don't think absolutely like on the half volley almost, just rising and then pings it in outside of the foot. Keeper didn't move, like. He'll never score a better goal than that, like sweetly struck. But going forward, he's great. And his crossing, as shown against Kane's goal against West Ham, fantastic. It's defensively, he's all over the place. And like his decision-making in defence, where he, he seems to have a rush of blood to the head, does ridiculously stupid things. So ho- hopefully Mourinho can get that out of him. But then it's not just him in the defence who's been shoddy. Like Rose, as I said... Sanchez who I think will be our main defender and it will be a top top player. Uh, he's learning from Alderweireld at the moment. Hopefully those two are the defensive partnership. Uh, with Davies injured and if if Mourinho does want uh, you know three defenders um back when we, when we're going forward Stick Vatonga at left back. And then you have got your three centre midfielders when we go forward and Vatonga can also play left left back. But anyway, Sanchez, Alderville, I like them as a partnership. Uh, But Orvier, oh, oh, yeah. let's talk Orvier oh, yeah again. Uh, there's also this controversy that he spat at the fans after he scored. But if you look, he's spat out some kind of gum or something like that. Yeah. If he was going to spit at someone, he'd have done it a lot closer, I think. And I think it's just heat at the moment, adrenaline. He's just spat out his gum. Like, he hasn't meant to spit at anyone at all. So I think it's just, you know. Mounting out of a molehill there, and you know, just the heat at the moment. Um, yeah, going forward, certainly under Mourinho, fantastic defensively, as well as the team need to be sorted out. Uh, and then regarding yesterday's result, we can't talk about the man of the hour, uh, the history maker, Mister Harry Kane, uh, fastest player ever to twenty goals in the Champions League. Twenty-four games, beats Del Piero by two. Uh just score of all sorts of goals. Maybe a question mark, he should be doing it in the later rounds, but he was injured. Um but Dortmund, he, he scored the goal out over there. I was having an argument with a friend at work today. He says Lewandowski's best striker in the world. I said Kane, but you know, is that because I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm like a little bit biased? I don't know. But what I would say is it's probably an unfair comparison for me because I watch Kane pretty much every week. Uh, Lewandowski only watch in World Cups, Euros or Champions League. Um, so it's probably a little unfair. Uh, I just think Kane scores all sorts of goals. The only, the only thing I, I, I'd say about Kane that I I think is weak to his game is his hold-up play. Like ball up in the air, heading it or keeping it. I I'm, I don't think he's the greatest. Uh but he has got better, and and he'll only get better because he's doing it more and more. But you know, it takes someone away from him if he can win a flick on. Someone can run onto it. I, I would say the evidence to say that he's not great at flicking it on is that no one gambles on him flicking it on, and I think I don't think that's a laziness or anything like that. I think it's just similar to like Eric's not playing and Sun not making that run to be picked out from fifty yards. I I think Kane's not great at it, so people are, don't gamble on it because they don't. Want to expel the energy and then get caught out of position, but the more he does, but you know, where she saw with Lavezzi when he flicked it on, invariably someone was there because they knew he'd usually win it. Uh, but Kane, generally, I think will get better at that. But but other than that, I think all aspects of his game are fantastic. Like he he's learned that he can play that fifty yard ball. Although he, he the way he spreads play now is fantastic for a striker when he comes deep. Uh, that will also be helped by the fact that Ali comes deep, uh, goes forward and past him when he comes deep. Yeah, he scores all sorts of goals. He's only 26, I remember, as well. He's, he's If he stays at Tottenham, he will become our record-leading goal scorer. He will become England's record-leading goal scorer. Very, very good chance he'll be the Champions League's all-time leading goal scorer, but that's probably a bit far-fetched at the moment when you've got people like Messi and Ronaldo scoring for fun Um, but certainly Tottenham and England he will Uh, and if we can keep him here and and be our spearhead and and build a team around him certainly going forward uh, and Ali you know with Mourinho then and win trophies then the sky's the limit really but yeah yeah. But interesting to know what other people think. Lewandowski or Kane is the best striker in the world or someone else. So if, if you know. Feel free to uh, tweet in at L Talk Tottenham and say what you think about that. But yeah, I would say Kane, just because he scores all sorts of goals. Uh he scores for every team he plays for at the moment England and Tottenham and in all competitions. Uh but yeah. I'm probably a little bit biased. <laughs> So that's yesterday's game. As I said, into the last 16. Now it's, you know, who wants it more? And then everyone's got a chance in that last 16. So it'll be interesting to see who we get drawn against. I'm not sure when that's drawn. Um, but like I said, I still think we can win it. We've got a manager now who knows how to win it. We've got players who would have learnt from the experience last year. Uh, seem to be playing well. Uh, and we've got until February to sort that defence out and, and sort out our game management. Um, but that's yesterday. and um, We've got the best striker in the world, in my opinion. Uh, if we can keep Eriksson playing and keep him in January and keep him playing like he did yesterday, we've got a good chance. Or get some other playmaker in if he goes. Um, yeah, I, I think the future's bright now. After the, uh, the last week where it was absolutely terrible and gutting and, and everyone upset about Poch going, which I'm still upset about, but you've got to move on. You've got to support the team. And Poch will be all right. We'll go to a team where we win trophies and get backed. Um, anyway after the break call this half time after the break uh, talk about the Bournemouth game what I think we can expect from that and the league for the rest of the season so back in a jiffy and we're back so Bournemouth at the weekend uh, at home on paper game we should be winning but we've had plenty of those this season and haven't um, going forward they're good Going forward, where they they're good with the players that they've got Fraser King Wilson to name a few. Uh, they've been a bit indifferent recently, um, but they're still a threat. Um, Ake will be interesting because we from the rumors that I've heard we're after interested in him in the summer or January, which would be a good signing. But like I'd worry that that would then take over from Sanchez or is it a replacement for Vertonghen or Outvield? I'm not sure. Um. So, yeah, I, I expect them to sit back and play on the counter-attack, but unlike teams like um, Sheffield United, who are properly well-drilled defensively, and that's their strength, and then play on the counter-attack, hit it long, Bournemouth, I think, will move a few more people forward. Uh, so there will be gaps to exploit. So I, I'm, I'd i hope Ericsson would play. I, I'd hope we wouldn't play two central uh, defensive midfielders. Certainly Winks and Die because they're, they're both... Like, die pretty much sits and Winks doesn't really go past the halfway line. So I, I, I don't think you need all of that security. But then, you know, defensively we are a bit of a shambles at the moment, so maybe we do. But, but certainly as well, those two, and then if we are playing with a back three with one of the full-backs not going forward, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure you need... Uh, two of them so yeah i'm not sure maybe keep diving there just to sit a bit deeper maybe say you can go to the halfway line as well uh and then put ericsson in controversial because some people don't like him and you know he has been pretty poor and i think he wants away but well, it's not think i think mean, it's fairly obvious he wants away um but Yes, they showed he is still committed while he's there at least. So I think that's good. And, and you know, you never know. I, I'd be very, very surprised if he does change his tune and then sign a new contract. I'd be very surprised if uh, Alderville doesn't. Of uh, Tongan, I'm not sure. But, yeah. Uh, I'd play Ericsson and then, uh, you know, the front four. Yeah. The front four again of uh, Kane, Ali, Mora, Son. Uh, with Son and Mora able to... Swap. Oh, I almost forgot as well here about the Olympiakos game. Also, get that ball boy on the side as well. Uh, fantastic fantastic uh, improvisation from him there and speeding the game up. Although, I don't think it should have counted because I cannot believe it wasn't even reviewed that Mora fouled the guy when it went out for a throw. He came storming in. It was a definite foul. I've watched it again today. It was a definite foul. It didn't even get looked into, although Olympiacos never complained. But, yeah, the ball boy, fantastic. Giving it to Aurier quickly and then uh, throwing it down the line with Maura who had already run. And a nice touch from Mourinho, giving him a high five, so he'll remember that for the rest of his life. Um, yeah, what was I talking about? The front four. So, yeah, Moura and uh, Son able to swap over. Uh, Ali's playing fantastic at the moment. The the, the play for um, Aurier's goal yesterday, the little twinkle toes in the box, Absolutely fantastic, and that's the confident, cocky, arrogant Deli Alley that made him so good uh, a few years ago, and that's what we need back, you know. And I think Mourinho has is, seems to be getting that back. Whether he was just getting bored under the regime of Poch, I'm I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure, but he seems to be back. Like, but yeah, so we need to be wary of their counter attacking and their pace up top uh win the midfield battle. But I am glad die's back. He's he's a bit of a warrior, he will go in. He'll go in hard. The fir- the first two games he's played he's gone in hard on, on someone there. Pedencil I think it was yester uh yesterday. You know, I'm here. Just a little warning there. He's he's still not fit, I don't think. He's still a little bit too sluggish. Um but he has been ill and he had his appendix removed, so I, I think that's hampered everything. Uh, but if he keep, keeps playing regularly, he will get fit, and then hopefully he'll be back to his best. Because I, I think he was fantastic when he was back at his best in the 16-17 season with Dembele. Uh, Sissoko, I'm not sure he'll fit into uh, Mourinho's plans. Undombele looked quite good when he came on yesterday, keeping the ball. Reminds me of Dembele a lot, you know, with the fact that he'll just turn with the ball close to his feet, that won't lose it. Um so we've got some good options in there, good competition for places. And it's up to them now when they play to state their claim. Um, but yeah. So I think we'll we'll have obviously the lion's share, I think, of the possession because Bournemouth will sit a bit deep and try and like not let too much space come out. Uh, and then play on the counter-attack. So we just need to be wary of that. Um but Mourinho will know that he's been watching the Premier League this season, isn't he? And then previous seasons and blah blah blah. So he'll he'll know that. And what I did like was the fact that he didn't wait around until half time or maybe after to make the change. He did like half an hour right, make the change. I did like that. And that will say to the players now as well. You know, if you're not pulling your weight and, and you're not performing, you will come off. And there's no yeah. So I, I do like that. But he, he seems to, the players seem to like him, but then again, with Mourinho in two years' time, will that go to pot? We'll see. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth, we should be winning that, but it's not how it's gone this season. It doesn't always work like that in the Premier League. Um, so we just got to, you know, not make any silly mistakes and be clinical again. But we should be full of confidence after two wins out of two. Um, so yeah, so let, let's hope we get the win, climb up the league. Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, lucky against uh, uh, Valencia today, not to concede about five from what I've heard. And uh, Abraham has gone off injured. I, I saw something on YouTube that he was in tears. So I, I'm not sure how serious that injury is. Um, fancy Football says he's got a knock, 25% chance of playing at the weekend. So I think by that logic, it's not that bad. Uh, but it must be fairly bad if he's crying. Um, but yeah... He's their main man, so if he gets injured... There's quite a few teams, like if we're the same, like with Kane. A few people, key players get injured, could make a massive difference. Um, but I think if we can keep winning, we've got Man United and Chelsea coming up in the next like six games, I think. The rest of them are on paper winnable. Uh, but if we can pick up wins in those and then Man United, Chelsea don't lose, and maybe get a win, we can climb up that league and get back to fourth. Uh, There's still a long way to go. Um, so, yeah, I I, I think we can, we can get fourth. We just need to start picking up wins, getting on a bit of a run, getting the confidence soaring through and cut out the silly mistakes. Uh, starting with Bournemouth, cut out the silly mistakes. Oh, pardon me. Cut out the silly mistakes uh, and be clinical and go forward and try and get a settled team that will play every week, certainly in defence, which, I would, it, apart, you know, it was exactly the same team that started against Olympiacos, barring uh, Rose for Davies because of injury. Um, so that's that's good, I think. A settled team, certainly a settled back four and goalkeeper. Uh, the front four, I think, will be the main front four. Uh, more he likes anyway. He tried to buy him when he was at PSG uh, and more and Mourinho at Madrid. Uh, so he likes him. Son, he's just manager's dream, surely, that guy, you know. He played awful yesterday, um, but you know other other players bailed him out, and he's bailed us out enough, so I, I don't hold that against him. So yeah, uh, yeah. Looking forward to the Bournemouth game. So hopefully we can get the win, climb up the league, get a few more people getting in the goals, get came back in the goals in the league, uh, and yeah, and, and start climbing up that league and getting back where we should be. Um, I think we can. So I'll finish off this week. Maybe not a bit of a negative thing, but not not as positive as could be, I guess. But Gary Neville on uh, Monday night football said his uh, thoughts on the Mourinho hiring. Um, he started off by uh, saying that Poch, you know, it had been coming. Um, and something wasn't right, which I think everyone can acknowledge. Um, still not. Nice. Uh, still surprising to me because I thought he'd be given to the end of the season. I thought he'd give, got enough credit for what he'd done. Um, But, you know, it's not my decision and you still support the manager. But the Mourinho thing that some some Spurs fans have obviously had a moan at him on Twitter. And that's fine. You know, yeah, opinions and all that, that's fine. But my my opinion is that I think he's right. So... If you didn't see it, he essentially said it's a marriage of convenience between Levy and Mourinho. So Mourinho's using us as a stepping stone to get to a big, big, big team and rebuild his reputation. Uh, and Levy is basically using Mourinho uh, to keep the top players there to hopefully win a trophy and keep the top players there rather than them leaving. So that that was a basic gist of it. And to be honest, I think he's uh, pretty much spot on there. Like I think Pochettino... He, I'm not sure what contract he got when he started, but Mourinho got a three-and-a-half-year contract. So if you know anything about Mourinho, generally what happens he stays at clubs for about three years until it goes sour and then he's fired or he leaves. So he's on £50 million a year. If, if he got given a five-year contract and three years goes sour, Levy's got to pay him £30 million. So what Neville said is Levy isn't stupid, which I agree with that as well. He's not stupid, so he's not going to be caught like, you know, if it doesn't work out, getting a £30 million payout. Uh, so, yeah. So, as I say, I agree with him. But it could be completely wrong. And it could just be Levy's wary of his recent history of three years and doesn't want to be caught out like that. But if the three years finish and then he's he's doing well, then he will get um, an extension. Uh and Mourinho may want to settle at a club and stay there for a longer term now and actually build something. Because um, let's face it, he isn't going to be able to have the money that Real Madrid's spending power or Man United's spending power have. So he's going to have to work within a system there and the players he's got rather than you know each summer spending 200 million because Levy just isn't going to give him that kind of money unless there's something there that I don't know. Um, so he, he may want to build something and then stay there longer term, so... We don't know that. Only he'll know that and only Levy will know that. But, yeah. So, risk risk of upsetting some Spurs fans. I agree with Never on what he said there and his assessment. Um, but, yeah, I could be wrong. I also think as well that Enoch, uh, if you don't know, Levy. He, he, Joe Lewis owns Spurs. He's part of a company called Enoch and Levy is their kind of face. Um. So I, I think Enoch are looking to sell to some multi-billion company, which I'm not happy. I, I'm i not sure I'll be happy with that because then we just become like man sitting in Chelsea, just buckets of money and then you lose the soul of your club a little bit because you don't become a club. You you stop becoming a club and you just turn into like a business. Uh, so I wouldn't like that. As, as I said last podcast, we're the most profitable club in the world in terms of the profit that we've made. And that's all come from not having like, you know, an owner who's worth four or five billion. Um, but yeah, uh, the reason I think that they're looking to sell is that stadium best in the world. And it is the best in the world because it's the newest. It's holding NFL games. Sure. Surely that kind of money and that kind of exposure. Some people, companies would be queuing up to get their name on that and sponsor that and everything. Uh, and it hasn't happened. It's still Tottenham Hotspur stadium. So I think part of this, the, the, the attractiveness of like buying Tottenham is you get to name the stadium after yourself. So it's free advertising. Again, I could be wrong, but that's the way I see it. Someone at the pub yesterday before the game said, he thinks, uh, Levy wants to win like a champions league or title and then we'll sell up. Um, but I I think not naming a stadium, you know, you have the Emirates. It's named after their sponsor. The Etihad named after their sponsor, King power named after their sponsor, even Wigan with the JJB, you know, All stadiums get named, but this one hasn't for some reason. So could be wrong. They just wanted it named after their their club. Um, I think with the amount of money that it it cost a billion and not getting sponsored, I'm not so sure that they're looking to stay there long term. I so yeah, I I reckon they're looking to sell up. Um, yeah, and as I say, like. We become like Man City with just bucket loads of money, and maybe that's why Mourinho signed because he knows in a year or two, he's getting a bucket load of money. But again, it'd be interesting to know what other people think. There, like I said, at L Talk Tottenham, tweet me like your thoughts or questions, or or yeah, if you agree with that, um, and discuss that on the next one. But I'd be interested to know if what the consensus kind of think of that. Um, but yeah, that's just my opinion. That's what I think. To me, is looking like what's happening. Um, but yeah, that's enough on that subject. Uh, and that's about it for today. So a uh, good result, like I said, work to do, certainly in the defence. But going forward, we look like a, a proper team again. Uh, so into the last 16 where anything can happen, as we showed last year. So I still think we've got a chance of winning that. Uh, FA Cup will probably be our most likely chance of winning the trophy, but, you know, league's done, but I think we can get back in the top four there. <coughs> Excuse me. Start with a a win against Bournemouth and then try and build some momentum, which we've got a little bit of momentum now. Two wins out of two. Um, and, yeah, ho- hopefully Gary Neville's comments aren't aren't right and, and my thoughts of them selling aren't right either, but that remains to be seen. Um but yeah, so Saturday, Bournemouth. So hopefully we can win that, like I've said. Uh, and then I'll do a, another one after that. Again, any comments, any questions, any uh, debate anyone wants to have at L Talk Tottenham on Twitter. Uh, and I'll either answer them in the next podcast or or, um, or just talk or, or, or talk about them in future ones. Uh, again, as well, if anyone wants to do, join in on the podcast. Uh, I'm well aware that one person just rambling with a monotone voice on his own is fairly boring. So if anyone wants to join in, tweet me at that handle, uh, and then we can have a direct message and, and maybe arrange like an actual chat, like so two people debating the the, the games and rumours and news. Uh, so yeah, so anyone wants to do that, just let me know. But until next time, after the Bournemouth game, come on, you Spurs!